there. Oh, is it you? It is you. Hey, how's it going? Just reading some Ruth Haley Barton. Thought it was really good. Hey, and since I have you here, I would love to share a few things with you this morning. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, had to get your attention somehow. Uh, seriously, though, hello and greetings and uh, good morning or good evening or good afternoon. Wherever you are listening to this or watching this, um, I know I've heard stories of people just waking up Sunday morning in their bed with their phone, watching or going through the home liturgy. Or you might be on the Zoom call with Nelson right now. Welcome, greetings. If you're watching it with your family or alone, I pray that the peace of Christ would be with you uh, this morning. And uh, I do actually want to talk about this book a little bit because there's this section in it that I've been reminded of recently. The book is Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. And uh, she ends the book by providing this assessment. It's called, How Is It With Your Soul? And um, I wanted to ask the same question of you this morning. How is it with your soul? Matthew 16, 26 says, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Or put another way, what good is it if you get everything you want, but lose sight of your true self? What in this life is a more valuable pursuit? Um, it's really, really hard on video to convey sincerity, but I really want to try and do that. And so wherever you are, however you are, I want to invite you into looking at a few passages. I want to ask that question, how is it with your soul? And uh, something practical right off the bat, I want to share uh, from the book. She gives this assessment and it might be helpful for you. So I've uh, posted a link to it on underneath the YouTube video so you can find it there. Um, and it's the assessment that you can actually go through. And uh, she's intended it for leaders, but I think uh, obviously it's for anyone um, that can, uh, that will relate. But uh, she says, uh, she gives a few statements and uh, she says, these questions and categories are not meant to produce guilt, shame, or a sense of failure. I think that's really important to note if you are going to do this assessment. Rather, they are intended to help you be honest with yourself and with God about the state of your soul. This kind of truth seeing and truth telling is a first step toward ensuring that you find your soul rather than lose your soul. Yeah, challenging. And so she goes through all these statements. Uh, for instance, I'm aware of a nagging sense that something is not quite right, but I don't seem to be able to take the time or make the effort to look into it. The truth is I'm not even sure I know how. And then she asks you to reflect on that statement and to uh, circle or indicate that this is always true, often true, sometimes true, rarely true, or never true. And then after you go through it, again, not to produce guilt or shame, but to hopefully spur some questions. And as she says, 
simply ask God, what are we going to do about that? So including God into um, coming to some uh, level of health. Uh, another statement, I'm tired, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. I don't really know how to get rested. Or I'm aware of underlying irritability and restlessness just beneath the surface of my life. Um, maybe you're feeling that, that something is not right or hasn't been for a while and want to encourage you maybe to go through the assessment. And uh, I guess another question, a follow-up question to that is, where are you finding nourishment for your soul? Uh, is it on social media? Said no one ever, I think. Um, I don't hear a lot of people saying to me, I just need to replenish my soul yeah just recover a sense of peace and calm so uh, I think I'm gonna log on to Facebook for an hour oh yeah no that's not what people are doing in fact uh, Sherry Turkle is a clinical psychologist and sociologist at MIT she says that social media and online communication is actually diminishing our capacity for empathy meaning we're not loving people well by spending more time on social media. She argues that tweets, texts, Facebook posts, emails, instant messages, Snapchats, these simultaneous uh, rapid fire sips of online communication, as she calls it, have replaced face-to-face -face conversation and that people are noticing the consequences. I know this is so true for me. Uh, there's so many crazy things going around online, conspiracy theories and just straight up hate. It's awful. So in contrast, listen to these words. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not overcome by evil, or do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is from Romans 12, 9 to 21. It is one of our lectionary texts this week. And if you've been following the home liturgy, you know 
we've been letting these short sermons, talks, um, be guided by the lectionary, which are preset passages. We didn't plan ahead or we didn't mull over it this week, what's going on in the world and in us, in our community. Let's pick passages that fit that. No, these are preset passages that Christians and churches across the, the world are following and have been following for quite some years. And I was just reflecting with Nelson on how prophetic these scriptures have been, how they've just lined up so perfectly each week. Um, they've, uh, they've been so accurate in, I think, speaking to these times. And by these times, I'm specifically referring to the racism and hate that has fueled so many events in the States mainly, but how that sparked conversation all across the globe. And uh, it's in these times, I believe, that we need to, as the church, tend to our souls and, as the prophet Micah says, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Um, one way we've been learning as a community is through the anti-racist reading groups. and. Uh, these have been so great uh, from what I've heard and my own experience, just a safe place to talk about these things. And uh, I want to first say a huge thank you to Kristen Sawatsky and Blythe Kingcroft. Uh, if you are watching, thank you so much for organizing these groups. Without you, they wouldn't have happened. So we, uh, we uh, honor you guys and thank you so much. Um, I want to thank all the group facilitators by name, Alana Swatsky, who happens to be my group facilitator. So thanks, Alana. Spencer Andres, Amanda Smith, Elyria Sara, Zach Bulick, Megan Brister, and Blythe and Kristen, who also helped facilitate. It's been so good, and I hope that we can continue in this work as a church and uh, continue to find ways to pursue meaningful and messy action. And uh, I think there's some encouragement to be found from this letter uh, from Paul that I just read from Romans to the church in Rome. And uh, this was a church that knew what it was like to live constantly under the oppressive influence of a superpower. And that superpower was known as the Roman Empire. And Paul's encouragement to this church, and I think to us today, are these words. And I, I, I honestly feel they're such a great picture of being the, being the church. Um, and by being the church, I mean entering into the love of God and sharing that love with others. Um, also, it is a big theme of uh, the book of 1 John which incidentally we are going to be um, go walking through as a community in the fall. And I think that's such a perfect time to focus on this, the message of love and a God of love and how we can extend love to our neighbor and to each other. Um, another way to see this uh, being the church is uh, through receiving and giving, as I said, receiving the love of God sharing that love of God. Earlier in Romans, uh, in the 12, Romans 12 passage, Paul says, it's by grace we've received this love and this acceptance, these gifts, which is the word for grace. 
And now he's saying, out of that, give. Give out of that love, out of that never-ending resource, that eternal flow. And maybe it's helpful to look at it through the lens of privilege. If you have received comfort, physical, spiritual, relational, if you're privileged that way, financially, the way of Jesus compels us to give it away, to share it with others. I think the way of Jesus is often, if not always, cyclical like this. Give out of that which you have received. And so I, I want to read this passage again, at this time in the message translation, and simply focus on where God is drawing your attention. So right now, wherever you're at, um, just take a minute to get in a space into a frame of mind where you can focus on these words and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and encourage you or challenge you. And maybe after this, you want to take that, this passage and uh, do some more reflecting. Uh, but I feel like it speaks so loudly, and so I just want to read these words again. From the message, this is Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 21. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing sick second fiddle. Don't burn out, but keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. So good. Uh, so I want to encourage you to be the church, to participate in being the church, even now in these times of isolation. What are ways that you can be the church? Maybe you are blessed with relational wealth and comfort, relational privilege, if you want to say. Consider ways you can give that away. Or maybe there's someone that you can include in your bubble these days that you can extend a warm embrace to that haven't received one for a while. Or maybe um, it's simply just going into the downtown east side, driving through. And uh, I want to stress people are not 
encouraged, we're not, uh, we're not encouraged to go into the downtown east side right now unless you live there um, just because of COVID. But if you drive through, maybe you pray. Um, if it sounds a bit like hard work or a bit uncomfortable, I think because it's not meant to be comfortable, Jesus' work is about taking up the cross. And I started with this passage at the beginning. I want to end with it again from the message. It's Matthew 16, and it's also one of our lectionary texts. Jesus says, Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? Thanks be to God.